All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. What's up? It's your boy G Dizzle in his house. Light Skin Hero is the cash app. Light Skin Hero. $10 minimum for a topic or a question. All right. Want to give a shout out to Joanne. Joanne put 10 on it today. Appreciate that, Joanne. Thank you kindly, dear. Now, this topic comes from... Dude named Mangrum. So I, I started to do this topic last week, but you know, we had to take care of the RBR stuff and then all this stuff started kicking off around the country. So now we're back to this topic. What you laughing at my photo for, Deborah? What you laughing at that photo for? What you hating for? Your boy looked fly. To, look, look at that fro. Y'all wish I had a fro like that. Look at that fro. Mangrum says, why do black businesses always complain about blacks not supporting their business, but always be having attitudes and throwing roses to the feet of non-black? So why do black businesses complain about being? What you laughing at my photo for, woman? What are you laughing at? I'm trying to, I'm trying to be down with the peoples. Y'all wish y'all had a fro like that. Y'all wish. I could switch it up and get fly on y'all anytime I feel like it. Y'all wish. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So why do black businesses be having attitudes, man? Well, I think after this week's events, it's fair to say uh, it's going to be a lot of black-owned businesses that have attitudes. I got rid of my curls real quick. <laughs> Trying to be like Frederick Douglass out here. What y'all talking about? I got the Frederick Douglass fro going on. What are y'all talking about? Y'all don't know nothing about nothing. Y'all just jealous. Stop hating. Stop hating on a player's hair. I thought we was past that. We doing texturism over here now? I thought we was past all that. <laughs> so... All right, so black-owned business. You know, here's the problem I have with black-owned business, right? The main problem I have is the fact that people identify as black-owned businesses. Like, that's, that's like, that's like one of my biggest issues with it. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for the $5 there, Deborah. Appreciate that. That's one of the biggest issues I have with black-owned businesses is that you have some of these business owners who want to run around here and promote that they're black owned businesses instead of just being a business, a business that provides a stellar product or stellar service. Like I, I just don't understand this obsessive need for people, for black folks to run around here and be like, I'm a black owned business. Like, why can't you just be a business? Because my thing is, I get it. You're black and you're proud. Say it loud. I'm black, I'm black and I'm proud. I get it, right? I mean, I do. Look at my afro. I really get it. But my thing is, you know, what is the point of being a business owner, ladies and gentlemen? My understanding is you are a business owner because, one, you don't want to work for anybody. 
Two, you want to earn your own money and do things how you want to do it for the most part. And three, you want to make as much money as humanly possible in this country so that you can hopefully live out your wildest fantasies. You know what I'm saying? So when you run around here claiming I'm a black owned business, it just seems like you are potentially alienating so many potential clients from wanting to spend money with you just off the strength that you're, I'm a black owned business. It's like, just, just be a business. Just be a business. If you got a good product or service, Black people, white people, Asians, Hispanics, whoever, they will support your business. But it just seems like when you throw this black on top of it, it seems like to me you're leaving, uh, you're potentially leaving a lot of money on the table. You know what I'm saying? You had to switch it up for you, light skin privilege. You know what I'm saying? Had to let, had to let the, uh, had to let the Negro delegation know I'm still out here popping. <laughs> I still got the. I can still put it down with the best of them. Look at, look at that hair. Look at that hair. <laughs> but I just, don't, I just don't see the value in it. You know what I'm saying? Now, this is not me saying that you shouldn't have pride in being black. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying, why potentially alienate so many people who might want to buy your product or service who might be turned off by you labeling your stuff as a black owned business or promote yourself as a black owned business. Because unfortunately there's a, there's a stigma attached to that, whether you want to view it as negative or positive, but from other groups of people, they might look at it as potentially problematic and now they might not want to invest money with you, buy your product, utilize your services. Just be a black owned business. I mean, just be a business owner who just happens to be black. Create a stellar product, service, and go out there and serve the peoples, and they will reward you. I mean, I it just that, I mean, that's just the logic I have. My logic may not make sense with other people, but I just look like I said, I just look at it like it's you're potentially just you're potentially leaving a lot of money on the table when you go this, go this route. Now to get to the question here, question was why do black businesses always complain about blacks not supporting their businesses? Uh, I mean, there's a myriad of reasons as to why this happens, but unfortunately, Unfortunately, there's this stigma attached to black owned businesses that either the black owned businesses provide subpar products and services. Or they overcharge for products and services compared to their Caucasian or other counterparts. Like you take me and I'm pretty sure a lot of other people when I'm out there tricking off my money, buying all kind of crap. I'm not out there purposely going above and beyond to search out a black owned business. I mean, to me, it's just not, it's just not economically feasible, you know, especially if this person doesn't have a brick and mortar business. I mean, if he doesn't have an online presence, like if there's a black owned business that does X, Y, and Z, but they're like on the other side of town, 
you know, there's just, there's just a chance I'm not going to drive over there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just, unless I, you know, unless it's, unless it's something I have to have. You know what I mean? Like, like let's just say a haircut. I'll drive all over the city looking for a, a great black barber. <laughs> I'll do that. If I can't find one, I'll go find me a Hispanic cat. I will do that. You know, certain things I'm black on all day. You know what I'm saying? Haircuts is one of them. But when it comes to just like regular stuff that I buy on every day to stock up my house with or, you know, do other things, I'm not really out there. It's, it's not in the front of my mind that I have to go out there and find a black owned business. What's in the front of my mind is I need to find the best business to offer me the product or service that I want at the most reasonable price. Now, unfortunately, when you deal with some of these black owned businesses, you know, depending upon what they're selling, some of them, from my experience, I'll put it that way, some of them sell products, but they be overpriced. And it's the reasons why some of this stuff is overpriced. But, you know, in this day and age, I'm, I'm like, I'm just not, I'm not feeling, you know, depending upon what the item is, I personally don't feel like I'm going to be spending X amount of dollars just so I can say I supported a black owned business when I can go get the same product or something similar from, from the big box store for way cheaper. Because in this day and age, I'm all about trying to save as much money as I can so I can use my money to trick off in other endeavors. You know, you know what I'm saying? And I think it's a lot of people out there like that. But for some reason, we're, we're told to, uh, we're made to feel shame to a certain degree if we don't go out there and support black-owned businesses. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to feel shame for it. I'm going to support the business that provides the best product or service at the most reasonable price, regardless of who the race of the person is. And if it just happens to be a black owned business, then they will be the ones who get my money. But it's not going to be because you're black. It's going to be because you have outdone every outdone your competition. It's just kind of the way it is. And so these black owned businesses out here talking about everybody copping attitudes with them um, or what do they say? He said they're crying about lack of support. You know, maybe some of these business owners need to check how they're actually engaging in business. Like take Dr. Boyce Watkins, right? Remember Dr. Boyce Watkins was out here selling his flashcards, his financial literacy flashcards for kids. I think last time I looked at the price, there was around, he was selling these things for like, I don't know, $25, $30 a box or something like that. Get you some little flashcards. They got some pictures of some black kids on it. And your kids can learn about financial terms. Sounds good. Sounds, it's not a bad, it's not a bad concept. But you go on Amazon or you go to Walmart.com, you can get similar flashcards for like half the price. Now, are you going to have a bunch of pictures of black children on them? Probably not. But are those pictures really important at the end of the day that like what is the purpose of the flashcards? 
Is the purpose of the flashcards for you to stare at the drawings of black children? Or is the purpose of flashcards for you to uh, memorize the terms and concepts that are being presented on the flashcards that are related to financial literacy or whatever he was trying to sell? In my opinion, the purpose is to memorize the financial literacy terms. I don't, I don't really care about custom flashcards that have pictures of black children on them. Like that, like that doesn't even, to me, that's not even, I don't, I don't even know why Boyce Watkins was marketing that aspect that your kids would get flashcards with drawings of black children on them. <laughs> we're not studying the, the pictures. We're studying the words. So essentially he had some flashcards that were selling for like 30 bucks and the price was jacked up because essentially you're paying to have pictures of little black children on the flashcards. I mean, that's you're literally paying $15 or however more, let's just say 15. You're paying damn near double the price just to have some flashcards with pictures of little black children on the back of the cards or wherever, wherever they're placed on the cards. Is that, does that really sound like a sound investment, a sound purchase? I'm saying 30. I know it was around $30. I, maybe it was like $27.99. It was close to the $30 mark. But I'm saying it's because you can probably find similar cards on Walmart or Amazon that are like half the price. And so when you do the price comparison, what are you actually paying for at the end of the day? You, you are literally paying. Let's just say you find them on Amazon for 15 and Boyce is selling them for 30. What are you paying for? You are literally paying double the price just so you can have a flashcard that has a picture of a, a drawing of a black kid on it. Like, that's it. You're not getting any, you know, when it comes to the financial literacy terms, you're not getting anything different that any other set of financial literacy cards are selling. You're paying for the drawing. Now, is the drawing, are the drawings worth the extra $15? If it is, then that's a sound decision for you. It's not for me. I don't care what the picture of the people are that are on the flashcards. All I care about is the information on the flashcards. You know, if I want my kid to look at black people, we got pictures all over my house of black family members. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like I need to pay 15 extra bucks for, for a product like that. And I think that's one of the problems with some of these black owned businesses run into. They try to black their business up so much and then hit you with the woe is me's and we need to do for ourselves, and then kind of try to shame you into supporting their business. And then they want to catch attitudes. If, if you turn around and start asking questions like this, because it's like, what are you paying for at the end of the day? You're literally paying double the price just to look at some cartoons of black children on cards. <laughs> like I said, if that's, if, that, if that's worth the, investment for you then handle your business but it's not for me and so this might be part of the reason as to why some black businesses catch attitudes if they don't get support because they're like trying to mark up the price of the product off of off of blackness it's like just sell the product sell the quality product man don't try to sell me on blackness i know what blackness is I don't, I don't need little cartoon characters to remind me. <laughs> My kids grow up in a house with a mother and a father. We got 
black family all over the place. I think my kids are straight on knowing what they are and what they look like. You know what I mean? Yeah, Roy said it. Sometimes you got to deal with bad customer service. I mean, I hate I hate that stereotype, but unfortunately, that stereotype is kind of true in a lot of instances. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know black people, we kind of communicate to each other a certain way, but I don't know, man. Sometimes I feel like, sometimes when I go to some, some black spots, like it'd be like a food spot, a chicken spot or something like that. I'm not saying that they got to be in there like, greetings, sir. How are you doing today? How would you like your chicken fried and what flavors and all this stuff? I don't, I don't think they got to do all that, but sometimes I used to go to this one spot in Augusta, Georgia. It was, it was called, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like a chicken, fried chicken and fried seafood spot. Really good food, man. Every time I went up in there, they all would, the person behind the register would be like, hey, what you want? What you want? What's your name, man? What you want? And after a while, I mean, it didn't bother me. You know what I'm saying? But it was just one of those things that I was just like, I'm not saying y'all got to be like super professional. Like, hey, how you doing? But it's just like, you know, y'all are actually doing the whole stereotypical thing that a lot of y'all cry about. Like I said, it didn't bother me because their food was good. <laughs> their food still was good. So I was willing to sacrifice somebody talking to me like we known each other our entire life because they actually made good food. So I, 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 I let that slide. You know what I'm saying? But still, they were still engaging in the stereotypical behavior that so many people use against black owned businesses. But their thing was they actually made a good product. So they were able to get away with it. So you can only get away with that type of stuff. In my opinion, if you actually have a good product, you can do that kind of crap. But if you have a subpar product or a product that's just as good as everybody else out there, in my opinion, if you're a black owned business and you're promoting yourself like a black owned business, you can't get away with that. You have to, you, you have to make up for whatever it is you're selling by engaging in, in professionalism and you know, trying to go over the top to try to keep these people coming back. You know what I'm saying? Like, go back to Boyce Watkins again. Boyce Watkins sells an average, but with the flashcards, he sells an average product that you can go get off Walmart, Amazon for probably half the price. And to my knowledge, I don't see him going above and beyond to engage in any type of professionalism. Because you look at his whole YouTube persona, he's a pro black babbling gossip queen. And, you know, it's just like me, I, I just don't, I personally couldn't give this man my money. You know what I'm saying? He might know, he, he might have all the answers in the world to everything I know, to everything I need to know about how to get rich off the stock market. But it's just something about him and his obsessive need to remind me every five minutes that he's a black man when I can clearly look at him on my tele on my computer screen and see that his skin color is black. <laughs> Like I, I don't need I don't need Boyce Watkins hopping up on the internet every five minutes wearing a shirt saying I'm black, black this, black that, or I'm a black man. I'm a black man in America with a PhD. I'm black. Like Boyce, we can look at you and tell, bro. Like your skin color is speaking for you. Like you, like I don't I don't understand this. Just just tell me what your product is or whatever you about to yap about and get to the point. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't I'm not here to hear you tell me something that I can see with my own eyes. 
You know what I'm saying? It's like, what are we doing here, boys? <laughs> but that's just me. Maybe y'all are different. Maybe y'all feel slightly different, but I'm not, I don't get sold off of the, you need to support me because I'm black. I get sold off of, you have a great product that I want to spend my money on. And I don't care what your color is. I like your product and I'm going to give you my money because I want the product. And if it turns out the product is great, I'll be back to give you some more of my money. But I'm not giving it to you off the strength of you just because you're black. And we just got to support black-owned businesses. That's, that's, not, that's not how I get down. And I'm not about to start getting down like that. And I'm not about to get shamed for it either. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. You want my money, produce a product that I feel, that I feel is valuable and is worth the price that you're charging. If not, then I'll go give my money to somebody else and keep it pushing. No shame in the game. You know, I mean, because I'm the one that's out here working for my money. I'll be damned if somebody's going to dictate how I spend my money that I got to go work for. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to you're not going to pro black babble me to death on this crap. So I think that's why it is. Now, the other part of this question that my man Mangrum sent in, he was like, um, we said, why do black businesses always complain about blacks not supporting their business, but always be having attitudes and I guess he's saying, and then I guess he's saying other people throw roses at the feet of non-blacks. I don't even, I don't think black people throw roses at the feet of non-black businesses. Like, I don't think I've ever went into a store and seen black people in there shucking and jiving and tap dancing and, and thanking Mr. Charlie for whatever product or service they're about to buy or thanking, thanking Chung Lee or Kim Jong-un for, for all the damn hair care products they're about to buy. I just think people just go to stores and spend their money on where they see the most value. And if it just happens to be a white person, Asian person, whatever, then that's where they spend their money at. I mean, that's what I think the average person does. I don't think people bow down, but then when you go to some of these other businesses, you know, excluding some of these Asians because they got their own issues, they be talking to black people like crap. Then y'all still be going back. You know, that's that's something that's something black people need. That's something black women in particular need to figure out. <laughs> y'all be in there getting karate chopped and maybe in there doing flying roundhouse kicks on you. And y'all still come back the next day to get you, get you some weaves and stuff. Black women need to figure that crap out. I don't know what's going on with y'all with these, these damn Asian salons. I really don't. I mean, some of y'all do go in there cutting up, but like I said, when they when they break out the nunchucks and start busting upside the head, we like, damn. Now y'all gonna y'all gonna go, go call Tyrone and he gonna bust the windows. Then y'all still gonna go back in there and give the, and give them your money. I don't understand that one, but I ain't a woman. I don't I don't be spending money on hair extensions or going to get my toes and nails did, so I don't know. But you know, when I go into these businesses or I see other people going to like these other businesses, like owned by white folks or whoever. I don't, I, don't be, I don't be seeing people in there bowing down and kissing these people's feet. It's just that these people have, these businesses have a product at a reasonable price that these people want. And then more than likely, more than likely, these businesses are located not too far from where people live. Has anybody ever thought about that? Like when it comes to a lot of black owned businesses, man, you know, you might see something next to the hood. But what if you don't live next to the hood? 
Like you, the further out into the suburbs you move, you know, you're not probably going to see as frequent that many black owned businesses out there. Right. So what if people, what if people just don't feel like driving out there? Like me, I'm, I'm not really going to be driving all over the city of Orlando to go do some basic shopping. Like I go out in my neighborhood. There's not a, there's, there's a Publix not too far. There's a Home Depot and the Lowe's not too far. Walmart not too far. You know, I'm going to go there and handle my business. Now, if it's a specialty item that I need, like a barber <laughs> or, you know, something else, you know, maybe this, maybe I know, I know a, a, a shoe, a guy who sells shoes, got his own store who sells shoes who might, who might have the hookup on the J's or, you know, he, he gets the J's first. I might go visit him if I want a pair of J's, but other than that, me personally, I'm not driving all over the world to go find a black owned business. I mean, if you want my business, create an online site. And then once you create the online site, you know, your website, you know, drop some money into advertising it so that people know it exists. Don't just expect people to know you. You got an online presence. You know, y'all create these little online stores. You got to you got to you got to put some marketing money. To, you got to put some money aside to market that website. You know, get your Google AdWords, pay for them, pay for your Facebook ads. You know, if you got to run commercials on YouTube, you know, do what you got to do to put the word out there. Don't just always rely strictly on word of mouth advertising because what if I don't live nowhere next to the people that you service? How am I going to hear about it? You know what I mean? So, I mean, I think there's just a lot of things that those who want people to know that they are black owned first before they're just a business who just happens to be owned by a black person i think y'all need to i think a lot of y'all need to revisit y'all's marketing strategy man and how y'all deal with customers and and what type of products you sell and whether or not you are selling products at a competitive price or if your prices are priced above your competition what is so special about this product that i should pay double the price like, I need something more than drawings of little black kids on flashcards to make me want to pay double the price. I need something else, man. Do the cards talk to me? Like, I hit a button on the cards and all of a sudden they start speaking to me or something? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I need something else. Because a little drawing ain't, it's not worth double the price, Boyce Watkins. It's just not, in my opinion. This whole, oh, we need our children to see other black people. Like I said earlier, dude, I got, I got, I got pictures all in my house full of black people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what are you talking about? I, I got, got, I got black brothers, black mother, black father, black cousins. You know what I'm saying? My wife got black nieces, nephews, and all kinds. I don't have any nieces or nephews, but you know, she got nieces and nephews and I mean, we got, what is, he, what is he talking about? So, I don't know, man. I just, I just don't see the value in a lot of it of trying to sell your blackness. Just sell a product. Just sell a product. Like I do, just because I, I guarantee you, no matter who you are, if you got a great product, people are going to buy it. White, black, whoever. And you'll probably make a lot of money. Sell your product, man. That's all you got to do. No, no, not only now. If you need to keep it black, there are certain things you can keep it black. Like let's just say your your product is soul food. All right, well, it's it's understandable if you if you sell 
if you market yourself as a black business because you're selling a product that that is specifically tailored to mostly tailored to black people like like around the corner from me there's this little corner store and they be having these little old mexican ladies up in there cooking food you know they, they got some of the best mexican food i found in the entire city in this little corner store that i go to but you know most of their clients are mexican they speak spanish they only deal in cash so when i go in there i'm talking to the ladies whenever i whenever i decide to go get a plate I need a translator to talk to them because they don't speak a lick of English up in there. But they understand sign language. And I'll be pointing at, let me get this right here. Let me get that right there. Let me get that. They understand sign language like that, right? <laughs> but if they go out there and market, yeah, we have the best Spanish food, Mexican food. That's cool. Because that product is directly tied to who they are. It's the same way with soul food. That product is directly tied to black culture. But if you out there selling widgets, flashcards, that's not a product directly tied to black people. That's just a universal product that anybody can utilize at any moment of the day. You know, it's not really, like I say, tied to your identity, tied to your cultural upbringing. So, you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? So... But, you know, that's just my thoughts on it. Y'all do what y'all want to do. I'm, I'm just saying I just don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, what if I call my, my IT channel or website uh, the black IT channel? <laughs> like, what's black about IT? I'm just, a, I'm, just a, I'm just a so-called black dude doing IT. IT is not something started by black people. And, you know, it was, it's, it's a cultural relic of black people. <laughs> it's, it's, a tech, it's, it's a piece of technology that everybody uses. You know what I mean? But I, I would look silly. Kind of, like I said, I keep going back to Boyce Watkins, but he's, he's like, the, he's a perfect case study for this. The black business school, the black financial channel. It's like, Business school and financial channels are not something that is intrinsically a part of black identity, black history, black culture. It's not a relic of it. It's a universal subject. Why not just, I mean, I know you're trying to attract black people by putting black in there, but I'm just like, it seems kind of dumb because you might be scaring off a bunch of white folks that might want to give you their money. And you might be cool with just collecting black dollars, but there ain't enough black dollars in the world, man, to make you a multimillionaire, you know, a hundred times over. Like you compare Boyce Watkins up against um, Dave Ramsey's. I did the comparison video. I showed you Boyce Watkins financial channel and I showed you Dave Ramsey's financial channel. They both talk about the same crap on their financial stuff, except Dave gets tens of thousands of views a video with millions of followers voice ain't pulling them numbers in and i'm willing to bet the reason voice ain't pulling the same numbers dave ramsey's pulling is because of the way because of the name of voice's channel the black business school the black financial whatever it's called i guarantee a bunch of white folks who are out there googling something related to business and finance if they see voice Watkins channel pop up 
Dave Ramsey's channel pop up or some other some other uh group, some, some like a, like an Asian dude or something channel pop up. I guarantee you most people are not going to click on Boyce's channel B just because he calls it the black business school. They're going to think that's some old, some old pro black power to the people, Negro shit. (laughs) Even though he might be saying the exact same thing as uh, Dave Ramsey, but yet Dave is going to get more views and more ad sense and, and drive more traffic to his websites and, and make purchases of his products. I mean, that could be Boyce. Boyce could be out there talking financial stuff and still be about his people, but I just think the marketing sucks and is very restrictive, leaving a lot of money on the table. So that's why I personally see it problematic with running around here promoting yourself to be a black business as opposed to just promoting a business that just happens to be owned by a black person. You know what I'm saying? I listen to Dave. Dave is cool. But I've been listening to Dave for, for over a decade now. He got, some, he got some decent advice on some stuff. I'm pretty sure Boyce does too, but, you know, I just can't get past the, the you know, the black stuff. I'm not, I'm not knocking you talking about black stuff. To me, it's, it's like a time and a place, meaning like, like if, if, okay, you go to this channel and I'm talking about Negroes all day on this channel. You know, that's cool, but I don't, I don't call my IT stuff IT for Negroes, IT for blacks, or blacks doing IT. Or, you know, maybe, well, you know, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But, you know, that's, those are just my thoughts, though. <sighs> Marquise Brownlee, yeah, he's a black dude. Talks about tech. He don't call himself the black tech guy, Marquise Brownlee. We're talking about tech from the black perspective. How is this Tesla vehicle friendly to black people? How is this new iPhone 11 friendly to black people? Marquise Brownlee wouldn't have the millions of subs he has if he came out talking like that. That joke have been on YouTube for like 10 years, right? Like, I don't know how many subs he got, like 10 million subs or something like that. Still young. I think he's in his early, I think he's in his twenties or something. Making mad cheese off YouTube, right? He wouldn't have nowhere near those numbers if he was pro black Marquise Brownlee. <laughs> he just gets on there and just talks about, yeah, keep it techie understands. Keep it techie got a tech channel with like three, four thousand subs. I'm trying to catch up to him. He um he talks about Linux mostly, most mainly stuff pertaining to the operating system Linux. I don't be seeing black all in his channel, and, and I'm not saying Keep It Techie is a, you know, he he, he be on O'Shea's panel talk panels talking about some black stuff about the black community and all that stuff, but pretty sure Keep It Techie is intelligent enough that when it comes to IT and in particular the product he's dealing with with Linux. If he gets on there talking about this is the black keep it techie, the black Linux channel. He ain't gonna have 3,000 subs, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because Linux is not a product that is 
directly related to black culture and black identity. It's a techno, it's a technology product that everybody can utilize. So why would you risk leaving money on the table by talking about this is the black Linux channel. <laughs> now, if you had something like a channel talking about blacks and it, you know, that's different. I think, I think the, what is it? The black brain trust. I think I, I sub to them. I watch some of their videos every now and then. That's a little different, and that's okay because you're talking specifically about black folks in IT and you know all the various topics that come along with that. But when you focus on the core product of whatever genre you're talking about or industry you're talking about, or you know, in terms of whether you're trying to sell a product or educate people on a product, I think it's foolish to go in there and lead off with your product being black first, as opposed to your product just being the product that just happens to be owned or taught by a black person. Cause it's just too much money. You're going to, you're going to miss out on. And, you know, and let's just keep it real. You're, you're going to turn a lot of white people off and some of y'all might not care about that. But if y'all want to turn this, listen, if y'all want to turn YouTube into a full-time living where you're making Pulling six figures off of YouTube, a hundred thousand a year off YouTube. Y'all want to be? Y'all want to join the elite ranks of YouTube? You know, chances are you're gonna have to get some white eyeballs to watch your content. Be very few black YouTubers that you know deal in predominantly black topics are gonna be six figure earners. You're going to need to get some of them white eyeballs, man. You know, the same way rappers do it when they become multimillionaires. <laughs> you go to their concerts. How do you think Beyonce is damn near a billionaire, or however much money she's worth? That ain't come from black dollars. That came from everybody's dollars. Everybody be at Beyonce concerts, you know, talking about if you like it, you should have put a ring on it. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Jay-Z. They believe he's a billionaire. I don't know and I don't care. Think Jay-Z made all his money off black people? Y'all crazy as hell. The whole bunch of people at them Rockefeller concerts back in the day that was white. Throwing up the rock. The the rock. The 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 rock. White people ain't know what the hell was going on. They just knew Jay-Z was up there telling them to put their little diamonds in the air. So these are, these are just things to think about for those of you who want to become content creators. Somebody says, how much money you think he makes, G? Who? Who makes what kind of money? I forgot who we were talking about. Who makes what kind of money? Boyce Watkins. Is that who you're talking about? I don't know. Or Marquise Brownlee. Marquise Brownlee, if you're talking about him. I would imagine Marquise Brownlee probably makes well over $100,000 a year off YouTube. Well over it. I wouldn't be surprised if Marquise Brownlee made, oh, you talking about, yeah, you talking about Marquise Brownlee, the guy, yeah, him. Marquise Brownlee, I wouldn't be surprised if he made close to 200 racks a year off YouTube. Have you seen the kind of views he gets? He ain't cursing in his videos. He ain't talking about nothing controversial. 
His stuff is PG like a mug. Let me let me pull up his channel. Hold on. I'm gonna take the afro off the screen for a second. I know y'all wanna. I know y'all like my fluffy afro. You know what I'm saying? I wish I can get like your boy here. Go from curls to froze on you niggas. Y'all didn't even know what happened. Let me, let me pull up his channel. Give me a second. All right, so let me adjust the windows. All right, so this is your man Marquise Brownlee. 11.1 million subs. Let's go to his, uh, what's that website, man? It's called, um, what's that? What's the name of that website where you can check people's, you can spy on people's pages? It's called, um, well, I got to save them my bookmarks. Let me find it. Social Blade. Here we go. We can go get a sneak peek, kind of get an estimate by going to this website called Social Blade. So we're going we're gonna to go over here and check it out. See what kind of ends Mr. Marquise Brownlee's pulling in. As soon as this thing. Uh, and they got this thing hidden behind a content management system. I hear it. All right, here we go. So this is his social blade. He has all his information set to public. This is why I can see all this. 1,200 videos, 11 million subs, 1.8 billion views. He's been on, he's had a YouTube channel since March 21st, 2008. He's had one for 12 years now. His estimated monthly earnings are anywhere between $12,000 to $190,000 per month. Let me make this bigger for y'all. So we can, y'all can see this clear. Now, this is just an estimate. This isn't 100% accurate. But they say, but what I like to do, I just like to take the high and the low, low number and figure out the average. So they say he makes $12,000 to $190,000 a month on YouTube. So what's the average? Let's, let's do the math. Let's do the math real quick and break out the calculator. I, I just like to go with the average. So $12,000 plus $190,000 equals $202,000 divided by two. He probably pulled, they say he probably pulls in $100,000 a month off YouTube. $100,000 a month, that's around $1.2 million a year. He, he gets sponsorship deals. Is, let's just go to his channel. Let's just, let's just count the views on his videos. Four days ago, $4 million. A week ago, $2.8 All these, oh, you can't see it, hold on. All these videos got a million plus views on them. Every single one. All his videos break a million views. They're all 100% advertiser friendly. And I'm pretty sure they're putting ads on there that have high CPM rates. 
Because you know, all ads aren't equal in terms of how much they pay. So he's probably getting the top quality ads with the highest CPM rates. So you see a commercial on his video, they might, and you watch a portion of that commercial or whatever, he might make $20 per view off that video, off that commercial, something like that, or maybe even more. Meanwhile, those of us, we'll be lucky if we get $2 off that view. You know what I'm saying? But all his videos break a million. So, yeah, I believe he's probably making 100 racks a month off YouTube. And he, he can't be no older than about 25, 26 years old. He started this in high school. So, yeah, man. But his content, he, he's a tech dude. He could, if, if, if he was, the, if he was uh, Marquise Brownlee, the, the black tech guy, even though we can see he's clearly a black dude, but if he promoted himself like that on some pro-black stuff, he'd probably, he'd probably, be at, he'd probably have like 50,000 subs at most, at max. You know what I'm saying? He'd probably be making... I don't know, anywhere between probably about two, three thousand dollars a month, which ain't bad, but he won't be living like this. He won't be he won't be getting a hundred racks a month. Shoot. So I'm just saying this is stuff to think about. And I'm not telling people to give up the ratchet content or give up the content talking about black issues. None of that crap. I'm just saying if you got a product. And that product that you're trying to sell or create content around is not a product that is directly linked to the black experience, black heritage, black culture, black identity. I don't see the need to slap black on it. You know what I mean? Because you're just leaving a lot of money off the table. Let's go to Dave Ramsey's channel. Let's just look up how much money YouTube on YouTube Dave Ramsey's Let's just go to his channel, period. Hold up. One point seven two million subs the Dave Ramsey show has on YouTube. Let's see what kind of views his videos pulling. Well, he pulls uh, he, he pulls in the in, in the tens of thousands. He just uploaded a video four hours ago, got seven thousand views. So he, he did one 12 hours ago. They got 121,000 views. But he put, let's talk about racism in the topic. But it looked like he averages. That's kind of hard to figure out what his average views are. But they're, they're it look like they're anywhere between the 30 to 40,000, 30 to $50,000 range, uh, 30 to 50,000 view range. Still making good cheese. Especially when he got 1.2 million people watching it. Or sub to it, I should say. But, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The Black Financial Channel, that's, this is Boyce Watkins. 68,000 subs. Boyce probably averaging about 5,000 views a video. I mean, it's not bad. There's still a lot of views, but you could probably be doing a whole lot more. I mean, I get it. You want to make content to help black people. I'm not knocking that. I just think 
You're severely limiting yourself in your reach, man. You know what I mean? I mean, that's how I personally feel. Everybody else can feel different. I just, like I say, finance is not something that is race-specific, a derivative of a race. It's a universal topic. You know what I mean? That's what I think. Now, if he made a channel called the Black-Owned Business Channel where he was like, I just want to teach black people how to start a business, that's a little different. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of black people that don't have businesses out there or that might want to be entrepreneurs and they might just want to take their advice from a black person. I could accept that, but finance is like, it's a little different because it's not, it's not a topic specific to black people. I mean, Jamez Marquis Brownlee is over here. This joker putting in work. Look at that. A hundred racks a month? What would y'all do if y'all earned a hundred... Keep it techie. Black introvert. Y'all got channels out there. Who else got a channel up in here? Royce got a channel up in here. Who else got a channel that I recognize? Let's see. Anonymous black man got a channel. Light skin motivation. I can't ever tell which one's in here, but <laughs> what if y'all was pulling in $100,000 a month off YouTube, man? What would y'all, what would y'all do with that money? Y'all making 100 racks a month off YouTube like your man's here is doing. How life-changing would that be, y'all? Oh, so it's light skin motivations in here. Yeah, light skin. What if you was pulling in 100 racks a month? Black introvert. What would you, I mean, just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how life-changing would this type of money be? And your man's been pulling this type of cheese for years. This ain't just some brand new stuff. He been pulling in probably 100 racks a year, probably for like at least, Six, seven years now. I imagine. He been pulling in cheese like this for a hot for about six for about six years now. He says, I can never make, I, I never expect to make much off from what we do. Of course, it's life changing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Realistically, you're, you're probably not gonna make money like that. <laughs> We're probably not gonna, you're not gonna make money like that. I'm not gonna make money like that as it directly relates to this channel, I mean, that's just high, highly realistic. No, we're not. But I'm just saying, imagine. This, this is why I say branch off and create uh, channels that, that are just not controversial. You know what I'm saying? So that maybe you can make money like that. Like, I don't know, uh, I just started working on a, I, I got so many ideas for YouTube. My wife be like, why are you doing all this? I'm like, woman, well, I ain't got nothing else to do with my life. What you mean? I'm like, chick, I've already got three college degrees. I'm not going back to school to get any more degrees unless somebody pays me to go get a PhD. I got a bunch of IT certs. I'm not really going out to get any more certs. You know what I'm saying? I got a job I'm working in IT now. We got a house. I just paid off all my debt yesterday, minus my house, of course. So I paid off. I literally wrote a fat check and wiped out all my debt yesterday because I got tired of looking at it. And so minus the house. Um, like, what, what else am I supposed to do? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and make YouTube videos. Like, what, else, what else am I supposed to do with my life? I ain't got nothing else to do. So... I told y'all I started Insanity, 
guess what I've been doing? I've been filming my workout sessions of me in the garage, sweating to the oldies. And I'm turning all that content into a future YouTube channel. I'm not going to put it up there now for obvious reasons. <laughs> I got to get the results first. <laughs> but when I put it up there, y'all going to see me in all my glory. I'm going to be like, damn, that nigga fat as hell. I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest on this channel about my, my weight gain. I just tell people straight up, it's because I was pigging out. I ain't finna come on here with no sob stories about, I used to be chunky as a kid. I used to, I injured my, nah, nigga. My, what, most of my weight game is attributed to, because I like to eat food. <laughs> I got fat because I was stuffing my face. When I got out the army, it was, it, was, it was pig out time. You know what I'm saying? I ain't even going to lie to you. You told me there was a barbecue, I was there. It was some drink. I was drinking it. I ain't have to go work out. Get you know, man. I ain't have to get to go to formation in the morning. Thirteen years of doing that crap. I was like, nigga, I'm finna eat. The hell is y'all talking about? I messed around and gained a lot of weight. <laughs> but now I'm filming all of it, and so I'm gonna turn it to a YouTube channel eventually. You know, I'm only on day two, so I did day two today. Y'all gonna see me struggling because today I did the workout. I had to tap out after about. 15 minutes, I was like, oh, Jesus, I'm not going to make it through this thing. I had all kind of stuff hurting that I didn't even know was still around. I was like, damn, that was, that's back there still? I didn't know the muscles were still there. I thought the things went away. <laughs> but, you know, that's to be expected. But um, I'm going to document all this stuff. I'm going to turn it to a YouTube channel. Then I'm going to turn around and become one of them, one of them, one of them uh, YouTube fitness dudes. <laughs> you know, talking about you know, they're talking about health and nutrition like, like I've been an expert at it all my life. You need to get your fat ass in the gym. That's why you're lazy. But weren't you fat? Don't matter. I was. You fat. Now I'm talking about you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Basically, I'm trying to create this safe, friendly content. That evergreen content. The type of content that can pay $100,000 a month. So that way... I can get on here and still talk smack on this channel <laughs> and not be dependent upon donations every five minutes. You know what I'm saying? Y'all still donate if you want, but y'all get what I'm saying. You can do that. You know what I mean? That's why I say create an alternative channel, an evergreen PG channel that, you know, everybody, everybody will want to look at and watch. Because you ain't on there talking about controversial stuff. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're black. I mean, these are just ideas. Like I say, I look at this stuff like this dude's channel. Dude, if I was pulling in $100,000 a month, I'd probably, man, shit. I don't know what I'd be doing. I'd be doing videos from every island in the Caribbean. I'd be, I'd be, in, a, I'd be in a new, 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 new island every other day for at least the first year. <laughs> like, I'm traveling all over the place, B. I'm moving up out, you know, I'll probably move to a more exclusive, more expensive neighborhood than what I currently live in now. I'm moving up. I'm going to go deep off into the, to the rich burbs then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. But, you know, just to think about. But, you know, everybody's their own individual. I'm not, listen, I'm not, I'm not downing black-owned businesses by any means. I'm not doing that at all. 
I'm just saying. I think you're I think you're leaving money on the table when you could be potentially pulling in this type of cheese right here. Because this is a black dude. He's a black guy. And according to this website, he's making probably averaging around $100,000 a month. But he doesn't get up on here and promote this black first type of thing. He just talks about what he talks about, but he just happens to be black. And he has 11 million people that watch his stuff and every video gets over a million views. And that turns into the type of money he's earning based off of this website right here, which is you know, probably not that far off from what he actually earns. You know what I'm saying? It says, Michi X is telling her followers how stupid it is to be rioting and looting. Oh, see? You know why? Because they was probably turning up in Denver. Let's, let's go check. Riots in Denver. I thought I saw something like that, right? She lives in Denver, Colorado. Look, they're having riots out there. The riots have come closer to her house. <laughs> I told y'all, listen, they're all going to start saying this stuff, man. When these riots start getting closer to where these people physically live, they're all going to start saying, look, y'all need to call me the great G. Dini around here. I'll be telling you niggas the future. Y'all, y'all think, I'm telling you, man, there's a reason why. Look, I'm trying to tell you. When I be sitting up here telling you I've lived life, been places, seen things, it's a reason. <laughs> this stuff is highly predictable with these people. Everybody's about the turn up till the turn up is outside of their front door. And this is more than likely why she's changing her tune now. Because them niggas is outside her front door cutting up. You know what I mean, I'm just saying, look, 284 people arrested in Denver riots. Antifa group on violence claims. Yeah, they cutting up out there with her. But, but before that, she was all in the videos, rah, rah. You know what I'm saying? Talking about y'all needs to do something. We needs to do something. All right, niggas is doing something now. <laughs> they doing something now. Y'all need to stop doing it. This ain't the way to do it. Nah, Michi. Nah. This is what you said. This is what they doing now. They, they turning up. You supposed to be outside joining them. Well, I'm saying, just saying. That's how, that's how this all going to go. Like I say, like I say, when Tariq go back home and they start Getting closer to where he live at in L.A., Tariq might, Tariq might be on here saying something similar. Y'all need to go ahead and calm down now. And when y'all hear him say that, that's going to be clue number one. Yeah, they next to his house. <laughs> they not too far down the street from where he live. You know what I'm saying? That's how this works. But they're going to get right, though. Trump, Trump said he finna put the military on him. He was on the news talking about we finna bring out the military. I'm finna activate the military, which means he's going to activate the reserves and or active duty because the, the, the governors control the national guard. That's state controlled. 
But the reserves and active duty component, that's controlled by the federal government. So he's talking about he's going to put some troops on the streets. If y'all can't get y'all act together, I'm going to send the troops in. And people crying and complaining, but they fail to realize he can legally do that. There's a rule in the Constitution or some law out there from back in the day saying that that is a, 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 a law or a power that the president of the United States can enact if things get out of control in the country. And right now, things are getting out of control because there's a story coming up out of. Um, let me see. I actually shared it to my Facebook page. Let me let me pull it up on my phone. There's a story coming up out of uh, Richmond, I think Richmond, Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Richmond, Virginia. Rioters block firefighters. So there was a there's a house that was on fire. I don't know how the house got put on fire, whether it was through an accident or through an act of, you know, people out there burning houses. But this house had children in it, y'all. The rioters blocked the fire trucks from going to the house, y'all. And I'm under the assumption that it killed the children. Let me, let me, let me, I'm reading the rest of the story. Let me, hold on, let me see. I don't, I don't know if they announced that the children were, got killed or not, but the mere fact that they were blocking fire trucks from going to put out a fire that had a house with some children in it, no, dude, that's, that's, that's not going to fly with anybody. That's not going to fly with anybody. Oh, they got the kids out. Good. But the mere fact that they blocked this truck from going there where these kids could have died, that's not, that's not going to fly. I heard, I can't remember what city it was in, but I heard that there were rioters trying to set fire to some businesses. And what, I can't remember what city it was in, but wherever these businesses were located, there were apartments on top of the, built, on top of the business. And people had to rush in and tell the people to get out. That stuff's not going to fly, man. Because now you, you, you have officially crossed the line to damn near being classified as a domestic terrorist. In case you guys don't know, the president of the United States, regardless of who he or she is, is sworn to protect the country against foreign and domestic enemies. Like it actually says that. It said, matter of fact, when I was in the army and I had to raise my hand and say the oath, that was actually part of the oath. <laughs> I have to protect the country against foreign and domestic enemies. And guess what? You out here firebomb, firebombing houses and buildings. You are, you are, you know, you're essentially a domestic terrorist at this point. Because, I mean, this is, I mean, and this, and you're out there doing all this firebombing. Legally, technically, you are classified as a terrorist at this point. You know, you know what the definition of a terrorist is, right? A terrorist is basically somebody or a group of people who enact violence in order to make political changes or influence politics. That's what a terrorist is at the end of the day. They use violence to enact political change or, you know, try to influence politics, political, the political atmosphere. And this whole police brutality thing is a political issue now. 
what I'm saying? Police brutality well, has always been a political issue, but now you're now you're about to cross the line to officially being designated as a terrorist. Like Trump's already tr- Trump's already saying that he wants Antifa labeled as a terrorist group. And what's to stop him from classifying all these other people out here, cutting up as treating them as individual terrorists? You know, basically a bunch of insurgents at the end of the day. Because like I say, once you cross that line, all the rules go out the window for how the cops and law enforcement can treat you. In case you guys don't know that, in case you guys don't know how that works, if you are classified or labeled as a terrorist, you don't have the same rights as a regular citizen, y'all. Meaning, if the police want to come smack you upside your head and, and, and arrest you, they don't have to announce it. They don't have to read you your Miranda rights. They don't have to do none of that crap. You are deemed as a threat to the safety and security of the country. All your rights as a, as a, as a citizen are pretty much thrown out the window. In case you guys don't know how this works, I suggest y'all go look it up. But that's essentially how it works if you are classified as a terrorist. They don't have to sign no search warrants. They don't have to give you no due process. They don't have to read you your Miranda rights. They can snatch your ass off the street. <laughs> they ain't got to explain a damn thing to you. Ain't nothing you're going to be able to do about it or your family going to be able to do about it. All they got to do is just slap the label terrorist on you. And that's it. All this due process crap pretty much goes out the window for the most part. Black identity extremists, BIEs, all that shit. So a lot of these people are attached to them, and then it's going to be open season on them, for real, for real. And then you're going to find out, then you're going to find out how hard these Negroes are, how bout it, bout it they actually are. Then then you're going to find out how much of a warrior class you actually have if they mess around and get, get, get labeled as terrorists or treated as terrorists because they're out here participating in all this, this chaos nonstop. Then you're going to find out. And a lot of these niggas ain't ready for that. You're going to feel the full weight of the federal government, and when they put the weight on you, it's heavy. You ain't going to be able to lift that shit up off you. So I'm just saying, y'all got some homies out there. You might want to inform them, like, hey, bruh, you might want to dial down the ratchetness and go and kind of ease back on over to the peaceful side of things because you're going out here putting Molotov cock because that lawyer I told you all about the other day. Let me see if I can find it. Lawyer arrested in protest Molotov cocktail. Look at this. Look at this clown. Uh, Molotov cocktail tossing lawyers. Oh, it was a pair of lawyers. Oh, wow. I just heard about the black dude. I didn't know it was a pair. Tried to pass out firebombs to protesters, says the feds. These are attorneys, y'all. The two attorneys busted for throwing a Molotov cocktail through a police car window during protests in Brooklyn early Saturday or trying to pass out the incendiary devices to demonstrators in the crowd. Oh, they was trying to pass these shits out and throw them. 
This Brooklyn community board member, Colin Ford Mattis, age 32, and his alleged accomplice, 31-year-old, whatever her name is, were driving around in a tan minivan near a clash between police and demonstrators at the 88th uh, Precinct Station in Fort Greene. A bystander snapped a photo of the pair in the car while they were allegedly trying to pass out homemade explosive devices. Uh Uh-oh. That's terrorism right there, y'all. That is terrorism. (laughs) Ramon attempted to distribute the Molotov cocktails to witnesses and others so that those individuals could likewise use the devices in furtherance of more destruction and violence. The two were busted by cops after Mattis, who was in the driver's seat. Look at this. Here's a picture of him right here trying to pass this crap out. Look at this. All you got to do is just light that rag, throw that Bud Light bottle, and boom, stuff's going up in flames. Uh, where, where was I at? Okay, so the two were busted by cops who was in the driver's seat. Uh, Mattis was in the driver's seat, pulled the van over near the precinct, and Ramon allegedly got out and tossed a lit Molotov cocktail into the cop car. So they got pulled over by the cop. He hops out the whip and throws one into the cop's car, y'all. Several cops saw the caper and cornered the the pair nearby, according to the memo. During the arrest, officers observed in plain view several several precursor items used to build the Molotov cocktail, including a lighter, Bud Light beer bottle filled with toilet paper, and a liquid suspected to be gasoline in the vicinity of the passenger seat and a gasoline tank in the rear of the vehicle. Oh, they was trying to get busy. They was trying to get busy. They had a gasoline can in the passenger seat and one in the back of the truck or the, of the van. They each faced charges of causing damage by fire and explosives to a police vehicle. Uh, let's see. Okay, he says he graduated from here, blah, 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 blah. Now, they're going to trump. They're going to bump them charges up, B. They ain't finna get off that. I highly doubt they're gonna get off that easy. I wanna know what kind of charges they facing for real. Probably have to wait to get more info on this. Yeah. They could be they could be potentially hit with some some domestic. I mean, I, I don't know if the, I don't know what the law is, obviously, but I would imagine they, somebody might drop the hammer on these two. Cause they're gonna they're gonna look at them like y'all are lawyers, y'all knew better. Y'all know better. That, that's how they're going to treat them. Like Y'all ain't no random, I mean, you know, whatever. They, they're probably going to treat them like, you know, be like, hold up, y'all lawyers and y'all doing this shit? And you was trying to pass it out to other people to let them go throw some shit? Like, y'all tripping out here. We finna drop the law on y'all. I don't know what kind of charges they're going to be hit with. A girl recently lost her job before she did this. Can't beat this right here. They got a picture of them on camera. Can't beat this. How you going to explain this away? (laughs) Can't beat that. The hell was they thinking? I don't see what kind of charges they finna 
Uh, it says they face federal charges and will be arraigned Monday. Yeah, they finna, they, these niggas finna be, them two finna be in jail for about the next 30 years, y'all. They ain't getting off on this. They are not getting off on this. They finna be in jail today, old and wrinkly. They'll they'll let they'll let people slide you breaking some windows and maybe even throwing a couple bricks. But you out here trying to you out here making literally making homemade bombs is all that is. What is this? My earbuds. Somebody actually threw one. Hold on. When, when this happened May 30th. Look at it. Look at this. Hold up. What is she doing? This chick is actually lighting one up, y'all. She's going already. What is she doing? Hey. Where are you going? So she's trying to light it right here, and now she's walking away. What is she doing? Don't tell me I didn't get that recording. Oh, my God. Oh, I missed the most important thing of the night. Her name is Samantha Shader. Oh shit, she just threw it too. I didn't go on, I didn't go off the plane. They're gonna get that ass now. It didn't go off in flames. Luckily. Uh. It says all these people face face all three face mandatory minimum sentences of five years and a max of 20 years behind bars if convicted. Oh, they finna get they, they probably gonna be looking at the full 20 years, especially them lawyers. This, this, this dude right here threw his threw his whole life away. <laughs> threw his whole life away over what at the end of the day? Mm, mm, mm. It's supposed to be the best and brightest in the community, y'all. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, well, that's that. So, anyways, I'm about to bounce. So, uh, shout out to my man Mangrum for this topic. Shout out to Joanne for the $10 donation. Appreciate that. Y'all be safe out there. Hopefully everything is calm in y'all city. Y'all be safe. And I will holler at y'all later. So peace.